Hello, and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Today, I'm doing something different. I was originally going to make this a, uh, a fiction-based episode. I, I'm working on this idea that I call Lefty Limbaugh. It's going to take place in an alternate universe where Rush Limbaugh is left-wing and the effects that it'll have on his universe. I was going to do that, but... Yesterday was interesting. So I've decided to talk about that in what I'm calling anatomy of a bad day. Or how tiny things slowly spiral Ruben into chaos. And by Ruben, I mean me. Not to be pretentious or anything. So what happened yesterday? Well, a lot of things happened yesterday, but the big overarching thing is that yesterday I was going to perform with the improv group It's a Match in the Cleveland Border Lights Fringe Festival. And by the way, just for clarity, that is Fringe, not French. I believe the first Fringe Festival actually, from, actually took place in Scotland, but I could be wrong on that. There might just have been an important French fest that happened in Scotland. I don't know. It's been a long time since I was in theater classes. But let's get right down to it. So, Border Light French Festival thing. Uh, seems like an exciting opportunity. So my mind is pretty focused on it. Even when I'm at work. I'm like, okay, I just yeah, I got to make sure I get through all this stuff. So day starts out. I need a red polo shirt fuck so on my way to work i go to kohl's fortunately they have a red polo shirt that is on sale so that's sick but i already know i'm not going to get enough money from french festival to cover my expenses for french festival <laughs> but that's fine that's fine that's fine you always need shirts and I need more red shirts for it's a match because for some reason our our team colors or whatever are the same of like uh, an evil sci-fi empire of black and red. I, I have I have extremely mixed feelings about people wearing black on stage, especially when most stages are black. Just I, I don't know. The theater nerd in me just is like. Oh, hey, I just showed up to a show where it looks like I'm performing with the tech crew. Terrific. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean. This is just my uncut opinions on wearing black on stage. I will continue to do it because I'm a team player. I'm just saying, black on stage, ugh. not a fan. Although, I will admit, I do like the black and red combo overall even if it does make it look like I'm about to bring tea and coffee to Darth Sidious. It's, it's not a bad color scheme is what I'm saying. I just, black on stage. Just me being OCD, I guess. I don't know. It's not been confirmed yet that I'm OCD. We're still looking into it. Sorry. I try hard not to self-diagnose myself with things, but we're getting, to, we're getting sidetracked. So I go and I get a polo shirt and actually I pick up a, a red t-shirt also because I feel like I'm going to need more red shirts because I already have black pants. I also wanted to pick up some joggers. I don't know why I'm comfortable in joggers. 
They're the form of clothing I've been wearing, but they were on sale for 40 fucking dollars. And I was like, nope. Just sticking with the three pairs of brown joggers I have, I guess. It would have been nice to throw in this blue color. But $40, whoo-wee. That's, I guess that's not the world's worst price, but still. Four. Moving along. So far, so good. I go to work. Work is generally fine. So it's a match is based on dating games. And I'll be honest here. I've been having trouble, well, dating map, dating apps. It's a match is based on dating apps. And I've been having trouble on dating apps. Now, I'm certain that a huge part of this is because I have no idea how to fucking take a picture of myself. And that while I enjoy other people's selfies, the idea of taking a selfie of myself feels incredibly cringe. And I just, I, it, I there's no way I could ever take a, take a selfie of myself and then not be like, what if I just burned my phone in a fire? So, so that's hard. So that's probably part of why I struggle with dating apps. The other one being is that I don't know what women want to hear in these bios. I assume women read them because one is stereotypically inclined to assume that women want to put more thought into this type of thing than just going hottie, 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 not a hottie. Naughty, 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 hotty, hotty, hotty. Like one assumes that men do because men are ultimately playing a numbers game. But you have to when you realize at a certain point that there's like 100 women on here and you have two likes and you have no idea who they're from. And at a certain point, you'll you'll click not on one of those people and the thing will be like, hey, you may have missed a match. And it's like, ugh, that person, ugh. What am I doing wrong? No judgments. Everyone, the world takes all types. Where was I? But anyways, so, so I figure I got to leave my house somewhere around 5.30, try and get there around 6.20. And actually, that should even give me a little bit extra time. Except, I don't actually know where I'm going. So I'm going through the emails, trying to figure out where I should be going. And it's clear that I need to go at some point to a place called uh, Sabrio? Provado? I don't know. Italians. They're weird Italian words. What are you going to do? Watch it be Spanish. I... Anyways. So I go. So I'm driving there. Well, actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. The point is, is I spend like 10 extra minutes when I should be getting ready to leave trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be going. And it's not like the information isn't there. The information is there in the emails, but the emails are so long. And the, and the direct, and it's not like there's a bullet point. You need to be here. This is where you are performing. It's you need to come here to pick up your, to pick up your, uh, to pick up your shit to sign in, blah, 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 blah. And there's a part of me that's going back and forth in my brain. Wait, and we are we performing in the same location as the check-in? Side note, we were. But it threw me for a loop. Now, part of this, of course, is because I'm trying to find very specific information so that I can put it into my, uh, into my GPS system. 
and uh, the more the law the more paragraphs I have to read through to try and scan for the correct specific information, the the less my brain is starting to work, because my brain because now my brain is going. We need to be in the car. We need to be in the car right now. We are about to not have any extra time. And you still need to put gas in this motherfucker. Oh boy. So, so my brain's not pulling in the information correctly. It's just not, it's, it's not going in right because my brain is trying to freak out in a completely different direction. And it's, it's rough. So I shoot a text to director Ryan being like, I'm having trouble figuring out where, where I'm going. And I don't want to send this in the group text because I'm vaguely embarrassed. But I'm like, you know what? You know it's in the vicinity of Playhouse Square. So if we drive to Playhouse Square, we'll at least be in the right place because we don't have time to wait for Ryan to text you back. It's going to be okay. Just get in the car, and you're going to go, and you'll find this place specifically. And you can't get mad at anyone because you should have been paying more attention to the emails to begin with. It's just the so, so fucking long French Fest. Your emails have so much fucking information in them. And so much of that information is click here to go to the information. And it's like, first of all, French Festival, every security program, all the security people tell me that I should not be clicking on emails with links. Second of all, second of all, just, just put in the, no, I get, you're just having an email with extra pages. I don't know. It just bothers me. I hate email. Email is stressful. It's, it's like looking at a piece of paper, and my brain hates that. My brain hates anything on a computer screen that looks like a piece of paper. Because there's no... Because this everything looks better on a screen when it doesn't look like a fucking piece of paper. Computers are very good at making things easy to read and drawing your eyes to important information. When we put that in a fucking email that looks like a piece of fucking paper that someone has gone over with like a quick highlighter in what appeared to be random place. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm, I'm not attacking Borderlights festival email system. Everyone does this with their emails. It's just why I fucking hate emails. All of them. This is not an attack on Borlites. The the Borlites seemed they, they seem like nice people, and I, I mean, a lot of them seemed old. So, email is the technology they're most used to. It's okay. Take a deep breath. I'm just saying. At the time, my brain was spazzing out, and it just it wasn't working right for me here. So what do I do? Okay. Well, it's time. It's time to got to be driving. So I have to get gas. First thing I notice, saying I'm going to get, GPS is saying I'm going to get there by roughly, roughly 624, I, which, is, which sucks because I want to be there at 6, because I wanted to be there at 620 so I'd have time to walk to the place, etc. So I, but I'm driving, I'm trying to cut time off, but I don't want to get another, but I don't want to get a speeding ticket, which reminds me I need to pay that speeding ticket before I get arrested. We're not paying a speeding ticket. Uh, where was I? Right. So anyways, 
finally make it up to Cleveland. And I, I, I hate being late for things. I hate running late for things because when you're running late for things, it means you're getting in there and you're going to have a suboptimal start. And at worst case scenario, you give everyone a suboptimal start. Best case scenario, you give yourself a suboptimal start. And then you just, you manage to adjust in a way that doesn't hurt the other players. So these are just the outcomes I can anticipate. Well, the spectrum of outcomes I can anticipate. So, so I get there, kind of. I don't really know where I'm going. And parking is a bitch. It's a nice, what appears to be a very nice parking garage that I almost go into before I see that the sign says, special event parking, $20. Which just, <sighs> Cleveland, really? $20? Is that, is that, is that how much it costs to keep the parking garage going? Because that's fucking robbery. This is Ohio. For fuck's sake. Cost a... Sure, it costs more to live here than a southern state, but Jesus. But I find a place finally after circling the block for like a couple times. And by now, of course, you know, I'm running late. The six minutes of extra time I would have had to previously get to the venue is evaporated and was short on the amount of time I needed anyways. Eventually, I find a place to park where it's only $8, which I'm not happy about, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than 20 But their system is whack. I have to use this machine where I punch in my uh my license plate number and i don't i don't know if there's some kind of weirdos going around here with memorized life who've memorized their own license plate i don't know if there's people going around doing that maybe that's a level of neurodiversity that is beyond me i don't know the point is the point is i did not have that shit memorized so i had to keep running back over to my license plate getting that information then running back over and trying to remember it to punch it in. And I know that's just under six, six letters and numbers. Wait. It's seven. Jesus. So that should be memorizable pretty easily. But I have a lot of self-doubt with these types of things. So, of course, I got to check it like three or four times. I have it right. But, like, even after I've gotten, even after I've punched it in and got my ticket thing and made my payment, there's a part of me going, oh, man, I hope I didn't get one or two of those numbers or letters backwards, and now they're going to tow my fucking car. I did not. They did not. Everything was fine. But now I have to get to the venue. So I start walking in the venue, and I make it down to the edge of the street when suddenly I'm like, fuck, I didn't bring my binder because I need my binder for the show. If you come see this, if you come to see It's a Match at Imposters, it's every third Friday. You'll see what I mean by a binder. So I have to go back to my fucking car, get the binder, and then I come back. And then I have to walk back there. And so that's that's killed like an additional seven minutes. So now, so now I'm just now I'm almost. Now I'm around 15 minutes late, and that's I'm not happy about that. That is exceptionally stressful. I know. I meet up with the director, 
And he's real chill about it, which I appreciate. I'm not chill about it. I'm a wreck. But I appreciate that he wasn't like yelling at me and stuff. He's an ch incredibly nice, chill dude who was very understanding about the fact that I had no idea where the hell I was going. Although I do imagine that he saw my, he saw the text I sent him a few hours ago. He probably, I imagine he saw it when he actually noticed I was missing. Because, you know, he's a director. He's got other stuff to be focused on, worried about. I'm sorry. I'm just getting off track here. The point is, is I end up finding my way to the place, take a few extra minutes to get checked in. So now I'm hella late. And I'm trying to recover mentally, but I'm not. It takes, but, but that that's a, that's a rough spot for me, is to is to regather myself after these types of situations. I have a lot to process. It takes me a long time to process emotions, and I have to start, and I can't not stop processing them. I have to process them almost as soon as they're happening just the way my brain works it's very like that it, it's it takes me a long time to process emotion and i have to do it immediately there's no I, I don't know what else to tell anyone about this but so i'm trying to just i'm trying to shake off this this mind state that i'm in from being late and being in an un, unfamiliar performance ex space which actually is not normally a huge issue for me but i'm not gonna lie kind of a weird one like, there's no real green room, just a series of incredibly narrow hallways. But I have to be, I almost have to rush to the stage, get the like, get some basic info on it. And I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble because I'm like, I can't, for whatever reason, I can't pick up what the directions are that people keep giving me. I can't, like, I realize by the end of a conversation, it's like, okay, they just told me where I need to go on stage when the show starts. And I have no idea where that fucking place is, even though this person just explained it directly to my face. So eventually figured out where I'm supposed to go. Turns out it was the place I was guessing I needed to go. But my brain wasn't going to let that go until I confirmed it with someone else. Now we're backstage. People always look at people always look to me for warmups. And I'm going to be real here. I hate warmups. I fucking hate them. I wouldn't do them. I would not do them. If I didn't understand their utility and necessity and how they help other people, I would never do warmups. I just wouldn't. I would just be like, okay, let's go. And then we would go. But I understand the principle of the warmups and their value to the to team, to setting up the team mentally for the show. I understand that utility and that value, but I hate them. I don't think about, I don't like, I do like three warmups. I do three warmups. I have like, I, I have like three warmups that I do consistently. All other war, no, it, four. I, I have five warmups. I have five warmups that I do. And none of them are spectacular or incredibly innovative or bold. They're just, okay, we're going to do this. All right, we're warmed up. Let's go. Hate them. 
What else? Six. I'll give it. I'll give myself shakedown. I've done shakedowns. I mean, I never initiated shakedown, but it's a useful one just for building physical energy. The, the, the point is, is that people often look at me for warmups, and I'd. And it's just like, I'm just going to say the same thing, man, that I always say when we do warm-ups. We're going to pass some energy. Okay, we're passing energy. All right, we're done. I I don't know. I don't know. I There's a part of me, like, there's a part of me that, like, like it's cool. It's cool. On, it, it, there's a cool on a certain level because, like, you you want people to understand that you do things and that you're good at them and that you have knowledge and understanding and like that feels good but like at the same time it's it's kind of like it, it, it's like oh this part you want me to do it, it's it's kind of like asking the chef to wash the dishes uh but i don't know if that metaphor actually works but the point is it's like oh yeah no this is an important integral part of the thing that i know how to do but i don't like to do but it is not it is nice like now that I'm not in a funk and my brain's not fucked, I can be like, well, it, it is nice that people ask. Like on a certain, I, I, I am able, I'm very able to have my emotions and my logical understanding rarely line up. It's very frustrating. Uh, incredibly frustrating. But anyways, the show gets started. And even though I realized that the thing I'm about to realize is something that actually started earlier, but I'm just now becoming cognitively aware that it is definitely happening, which is that I'm starting to disassociate. And that's a thing my brain does when I'm very stressed, especially if I'm in some type of social situation, which by the way, is the most frustrating place to disassociate. Like I disassociate all the time, and like, the thing is though, if, if I'm driving, it, it's not a big deal. Cause then it's just like, I fast forwarded driving. Now to be fair, when I first disassociated while driving, it scared the shit out of me. But like, but at a certain point I realized, okay, it just doesn't, at a certain point I was cognitive enough that I was like, okay, this doesn't actually, I seem to be able to drive automatically. And my response time is not bad. I just can't escape my inner sanctum. But the point is, is that if I disassociate while I'm driving, I'm probably alone. <laughs> and there's not much that is required of me socially, because when I'm disassociating, the hardest part for me is to connect with other people and be verbal. Uh, now, to be fair, I, my superpower is always being able to go on stage. That is my, that is my superpower. Nothing can stop me from getting on stage. I've got on stage with fevers. I've gone on stage so exhausted I could barely stand up. I've gone on stage so sick I could barely I could barely function. I've gone on stage. I I've I've performed. It it is my superpower. I've also performed uh too high, which by the way I don't recommend. Don't do that. Don't be too high to perform. There were a few shows at a certain place in Cleveland uh, where I used to do improv with a pretty uh, big name group, but uh, the big name group was pretty lax about people getting, uh, getting fucking stoned 
before and or during the show. And uh, most of the time it wasn't a problem because of, of my uh, decades of stonerdom that uh, allow me to be highly functional. But there were for certain that there were there were a handful of shows where I was going on stage and I was like, fuck, there is no way that people don't realize I'm fucked up. They've got to know this is embarrassing. I can't believe I'm on stage right now. But the thing that I'm not going to lie, the thing that bothers me that no one ever said anything. That happened that had to have happened at least two or three times when I was when I was uh, performing there. And like not a single person at any point was like, hey, man, that's not cool. Did you even know where you were? And like, look, I don't know if like I did better than I could possibly have imagined, which is terrible, by the way. And just nobody noticed for real. Or if or if the problem was that because there were other people in the group who would get stoned or drunk, that no one really was in a position to call me out on it. Although the third option is no one has ever had an intervention for Ruben, for even for for any type of Ruben's bad decisions in life, whether they be drugs and alcohol or anything else. And Ruben begins to wonder if he just hasn't connected with anyone close enough for them to be like, hey, we should have an intervention for Ruben. But I'm getting it. But technically, by bringing that up, I'm getting ahead of myself. But we do the show. And I'm disasso- I'm fighting off disassociating the whole time. So I'm a fucking mess. I'm told the show was good. I'm gonna not I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I did shit all. But people still like were like, hey man, I really like that thing you did. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Because in my because I was off. I don't I don't know if Ruben off is still pretty acceptable by most standards, but I felt off. I did not feel the groove whatsoever. I was just desperately trying to hang on to just being a decent performer, even though my brain is fucking flipping out, trying to get me to shut down. But the show goes off, and the show happens. But I'm a little stressed, because the whole time the show's happening, my internal monologue is just spiraling out of control. Just lucidity, goosity. And what originally started as literally just me being stressed about being late for a thing is slowly spiraling into a whole lot of... It's, it's like it's falling down a staircase of, of my, mental, my mental health problems. Just hitting them as it goes down the stairs. It skips a few of them. Like body dysmorphia didn't come up at all during this mental during this mental disaster for some reason the number one thing i can't help but think about is the fact that i really struggle to connect with people and make new connections that's a thing i've had a problem with for a long time well i don't know it wasn't a problem i had when i was a child but when i was a child i liked any semblance of self-awareness with the introduction of self-awareness there is room for constant analysis of yourself. 
And sometimes that gets dark. And for me, it was slowly, slowly getting dark. Partly because now the show was over. We had to wait for the after party. And now I'm suddenly in a dark place. Not the worst dark place. Probably a dark place to that some weed and some quake on my switch couldn't uh, couldn't distract me away from. But no, I am now in a social setting. A social setting that I feel it is important for me to be in as well. Why? Because, well, so far everyone in It's a Match seems great. Like, I really like most of the people. But I, I shouldn't word it that way. It makes it sound like there's someone in the group I'm like, oh, I don't like them. But that's, that's not actually accurate. Uh, the, the thing is, is it, it takes me a long time to get to know people. And I'm very anxious about them getting to know me as well. Because... Uh, well, most of the people who in my life who have known me the best, uh, leave. Um, that's, that's just, that's just the trend that, uh, that life seems to have. But that's, that's not my only point of anxiety. I, I struggle socially on a large, I just struggle in, to interact or interact socially course we all go to a bar because that's that's what people do when they're not doing other things and we go to this place i don't know what this place was but like every single goddamn table in this place was sticky like what the fuck come on you're telling me there's no industrial cleaner that can't remove this residue of years of alcohol spillage sticky as fuck gross but anyways so now we're at a bar and everyone's drinking except me well i i i don't know there might have been some other people drinking water i wasn't tracking it because i was having i was having a hard time and i remember ryan the director saying that i could peace out at one point now that was before we went to the bar but and it's a valid thing there was in most situations like recently i would have just chosen to peace out but in my brain, I've chosen to peace out too many times. Too many times. I need, there's a part of me that is aware that this hermit thing that I do, like it's who I am, but it's also the thing that is an obstacle to me finding the things and people in life that I need. So I'm like, so my brain is like, no, you've got to do this. You've got to socialize. Now, to be fair, that part of my brain isn't really assessing the whole situation because then I'm not really functioning at the right aspect for socializing. I barely like to socialize as it is. And now I'm fighting off disassociation and I'm expecting myself to socialize, which is, you know, putting a lot on yourself. So here I end up. So then I go, uh, wait, wait, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so we're at the, we're at the bar and everything's go going. I mean, it's going. I'm drinking water because I'm trying to give a pop, which somehow everyone seems to be aware of. I post a lot of things on Facebook. But the only thing that people really talk to, but one of the main things that people have talked to me about in real life is, oh no, he doesn't want to pop. He's, <laughs> he's giving up soda pop. It's like, ah, oh, everyone remembers that. Now, to be fair, I haven't completely given it up yet. 
my plan is to finish off all the sodas from my soda tasting that I have in my house before I actually truly stop the pop. I like to call it soda, but stop the pop, you know, it, it's, it's a better slogan. Stop the pop. Uh, damn, I wish that wasn't stupid because it sounds great. Uh, <laughs> nothing to use it for. Where was I? But the point is, everyone's drinking, and I'm not. Well, maybe not. Never mind. I already addressed that. But I'm not drinking. And the thing I need to address now is that it's not that I can't drink, and it's not even that I 100% don't drink. But I only drink on special occasions, and I almost never want to drink if I've had to drive myself someplace. That's not something I am even because I'll just say it when I'm in Cleveland, I'm not interested in drinking. When I'm in Cleveland, I have no desire to drink. There is there's not a single part of being in Cleveland that makes me go, yeah, I want to drink. Because the reality of me drinking in Cleveland is either either some. If someone has driven me to Cleveland, then fine, I would drink. Because the thing is, is that I only drink to get drunk. If I am drinking, it is a waste of my time to not get drunk. There is nothing about alcohol that is good enough to not be drunk. If I am not getting the out-of-my-mind experience of alcohol... In my mind, I am wasting money. I am wasting energy because it's hard to fucking drink. It's just a complete waste of my time. Because I'm very strongly opposed to drinking and driving. One thing. Second of all, second of all, if I drink, then that means I have to hang out until I'm fucking sober. And that I and on a very conscious level, there's a part of me that knows that that is a long time. And I am already my my social battery is already in the corner. And it, my social battery is already Rocky Balboa trying to get them to not throw in the towel. No matter how much my brain is like, you should be throwing in the towel right now. Your social meter is fucked. My social meter's teeth just got knocked out all over the fucking ring. And here I am, middle of a bar, disassociating, while at the same time screaming at myself to be social in some way, to just be able to be able to socialize in this situation, to fake being fun for just a Fucking hour, Ruben. And it doesn't work out. A couple points. There are a few a few people throw me some bones, but I, I'm barely functional. I can't seem to spin anything anyone is saying to me into an actual conversation of any kind. There's a part of me that even thinks, you know, if, if we were drinking, maybe the alcohol would loosen us up and this just this state, this mental state you were in right now could be dissipated. 
And there's a part of me that's like, that's accurate. But I would have to be drunk for that to happen. Being slightly buzzed is not going to make that happen. I know me. And I would have to be drunk enough to forget. Then we go back to the after party, which is at nine. And there's hors d'oeuvres, which I eat. And I'm in, a, I'm in a bad place at this time. So there's a part of me that is, now that I'm in a bad place, there are two things going on in my head. One of them is just hoping that I'm not an asshole to someone. Because when, my, when, my, when I start to shut down mentally, there is always the high probability that I will either do something that comes off as rude or that I just fucking snap at somebody. These things are both possibilities. And either one will only make me, and if either one of them occurs, it will only make me feel worse about my ability to socialize and make friends. Because that is a thing that I struggle with. And part of the, over my life, a thing that I'm very cognitively aware of is that I don't make accurate first impressions. The amount of people who develop a first impression on me to later find out that it is wrong is more people that I am comfortable with being wrong about what I'm putting out. And a lot of times I get this one a lot, which is when I met you, I didn't think you liked me. And the thing is, is that I, I like most people, but I don't know how to communicate that in any way. But, you know, number of, and these are people I got really close with at the time. When I found out that they initially thought I disliked them, it, it, it was a lot to process. And it's still a lot to process. So I, and those aren't the only types of misconceptions people have had from their first impression of me. It's fine. It's whatever. I get it. On some level, I'm aware that I'm apparently not sending out like certain types of social signals or I'm not picking up on certain types of social signals. It is what it is. I just have to sort of make my way through life. Forgot where I was going with this. All right. So we're back. So part of it is me being afraid that I'm either going to be an asshole or come off as an asshole or I'm going to be a dick because I can be a dick. And maybe I would, however, fortunately, I managed to channel this into my dislike of the food. I'm sorry to the caterers. Those little kebab things with the, the, with the cheese and the tomatoes, those were pretty good. But the pot stickers and the pierogies and the flatbread pizza, while the flavors of them were all good, I don't know what the fuck was up with your crusts. And they were just crunchy. They were unpleasant. Of course, now that I'm in my more cognitive, more cognitive state, there is a part of me that's like, well, maybe the, maybe the food wasn't that bad and you just, you know, 
were depressed, um, which is possible. It's possible. But at the time, my initial reaction was, what the fuck is up with the crust on these things? It tasted like they had been heated up in an air fryer. Because that is the thing that happens if you try to make pierogies in the air fryer. They'll get the they'll get like a weird. The little seam will get hard. Not be super great. Thing with the pot stickers in this situation. They had vegetarian pot sticker though. At least. I hope it was vegetarian. It said vegetable. No time to worry about it now. But I'm just a mess. And a big, another big thing for me, though, is I find it very hard to socialize in certain acoustic settings. And the bar was an audio nightmare. And then this is an audio nightmare. It's just loud. It's just a, somehow a cacophony of music mixed with indistinct human chatter attempting to be louder than the music. And I, that is the worst. Oh my God. That is the worst. Sometimes when I get like, like, I don't know. Fucking music, man. Like just making things harder. But eventually the night rounds out. I say some goodbyes. I head home course the whole drive home i'm just fucking spiraling like a goddamn tim burton movie up in my brain just constant spirals the whole aesthetic eventually i get home i play i play some chasm the rift because i fucking love chasm the rift uh Eventually, I, I go to bed. Oh, wait, I'm skipping the important part. When I get home, like one of the first things I do, like a Facebook depression post, because that's what my brain does when it has no idea what to do with itself. Of course, the problem is, though, is that when I make these posts, I'm not really in my most cognitive self. I'm not in my most, I'm not my best self. I'm not thinking my most clearly. I'm not emotionally my most sound. But so I throw it up and it says, I wish I was fun, which is true. I don't consider myself very fun. I am not fun. And I know what you're going to say, Ruben, you're fun. And I'll, to which I'll respond with, if you, 90% of the responses I got, which I appreciated, by the way, if you responded, I deeply appreciate it. But everyone was talking about, but almost every reference that people made was the, to me as a performer. Which I appreciated. But despite my story having a heavy part where I'm just disassociating on stage, I don't have a problem most of the time when I'm on stage. When I'm on stage, that is when I'm okay with the world. I 100% believe 
that performing and improvising Ruben is fun. It's offstage Ruben who is not fun. It is offstage Ruben who has spent decades getting high so that he can be fun when he is not on stage. Because I don't know, people are fucking lame. Like people want energy and silliness. And these are not things I have. These are just not things I have. Unless I'm high. Growing up, my parents would compare me to two uh, cartoon characters. Each of them had their own cartoon character they compared me to. My dad would compare me to Charlie Brown. Now, if you've read Peanuts, you should already know all the implications that come with that. My mom compared me to Eeyore. And when I think about this, it dawns on me that I've always been depressed. And I just didn't know it for a really long time. <laughs> That's how a bunch of people posted things. And, and I, do, I do really appreciate that. I do really appreciate that. Now, uh, a person I do improv with a lot, they reached out to me more directly. We exchanged a couple of texts where I was a little bit more open about why I was struggling with this concept. And then, as I struggled to go to sleep that evening, right as I was possibly falling asleep, I had two ideas for two improv structures. And that made me feel a little bit better. And then I also thought, hey, maybe I could turn this experience into a podcast episode. And once I had these two revelations, I thought to myself, okay. And now today, while my problems have not changed, my perspective has shifted into a better place. And Ruben, once again, struggles on. That being said, if you're listening to this podcast, then you should definitely check out It's a Match tomorrow, tomorrow at Border Lights at 7.15. Also, at Imposters Theater every third Friday at 7. That's right. This just turned into an ad. Thank you for listening to Ruben Uncut. Please like and subscribe wherever you are listening or watching, slash tuning in, whatever. Check out the YouTube if you're listening on the Spotify, and if you're listening on the Spotify, check out the YouTube. It's Ruben Uncut. If you want to contact the program, you can email me at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Have a fantastic whatever.